Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Monday. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours talking sports with you. Appreciate you tuning in uh, here this morning. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. We will start things off with Matt Snyder. Uh, he kicks off the week, at least up until we get to football season, regular season. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, where he is one of their uh, national baseball writers. He will join us at about 10.25 to recap, which was a just a terrific weekend of baseball. Football's here, trying to you know steal the spotlight but baseball this weekend was incredible. We'll get into all of that coming up here. Matt Snyder kicks things off. Mitch Holt is in his normal spot about 10 minutes before the hour of 11 o'clock. Look forward to our uh, daily conversations with Mitch. Papa John's in Central Iowa makes that possible. At 11 o'clock, Nick Oson, who covers Iowa State for CycloneAlert.com, 24-7 Sports. Nick will kick off the first... Uh, the uh, He'll be the first guest in the second hour of the program. May have to cut it a little bit short, as apparently there's a media availability today. Got to be football. You would hope so. But although TJ's got the kids, uh, got his crew out there. Um, and it was just a couple of guys last week. Maybe it's just a couple of new faces. I wonder. Well, we'll find out when Nick joins us coming up here at 11.05. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. He published point, uh, part two, rather, of his lengthy a conversation with Brian Ferentz. We'll do that. Maybe some see if there's any rumors or uh, any meat on the uh, media, Big Ten media rights bone. We'll certainly ask him about that coming up here at 11.30. Trends play the day, sponsored by Circus Sports, just before we get out of here at noon. So what a weekend of baseball. It was. A lot of entertaining games, some frustrations, and get out of my way because you're blocking my plate. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Yeah, you know what? Um I never see it called. You never see it called. And not in a circumstance like that. Right, right. Because you read the beginning of the rule, and that's exactly what happened. You saw it. A bunch of people were posting on Twitter. Twins Twitter was going crazy. Mm-hmm. And you read the beginning of the rule in the way that it's stated, and it says, yeah, Gary Sanchez was blocking the plate. Right. That's an easy call. But then you read... That the, the ball took him there? Yes. Yeah, I wish I... I, I I wish I wasn't a Blue Jays fan. And, and I wish this was the Tigers yeah. or anybody, right? Because uh, the Jays needed that one yesterday. And the Twins needed too. Right. Yeah, they did because uh, they, uh, they're, in a hell of a, they're in a hell of a race. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They changed the rule because they wanted to uh, um, make it safer for the catcher and the guy that's you know trying to get to home plate. This is the Buster Posey rule. This is the Buster Posey rule, and it's a good rule because that was a bad, that was, oof. You lost a Hall of Famer. You, you did. And now he's a fringe Hall of Famer. Probably so. And I don't He'll know if he'd get be, in at some point. But I don't know if he would have been a fringe guy. Right. Again, we're we're talking about what ifs. Mm-hmm. But he was yep. looking like he was heading on that path. Yep. And getting taken out on that wasn't an overly dirty play, was it? I'm trying No, it's just I mean, look at the play from uh, what was it Saturday night when the Jays lefty tried to get an mm-hmm. out of I mean, that looked like it was as innocent as a play could be and he busted his shoulder. Right. Um 
So you just never know. But it was like the, they put in the rule to uh, make make it safer on the guy that's coming home and the catcher that's catching the baseball. But just in that play, I'm glad Rocco Bar- Baldelli lost his you-know-what. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did. <laughs> I mean, he got his money's worth. Um, and then got it in after the game, too. Which is going to cost him some cash. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's going to be, uh, I don't know, 25. Uh, who knows what it'll be. But that's going to that's going to be a pretty penny for uh, a manager's salary of his ilk. Um, but it was a good series, a fun baseball game. Twins tied up in the ninth inning. They clawed back. It was 2 nothing, And then they got to the Jays' bullpen 2-1 into the ninth. They go. Uh, and, and quite honestly, could have ended it in the ninth. Yeah. Could and I, and I thought that they would. But then the play happens in the 10th inning. And uh, here we are. But that was that was good. We got to go with the Cardinals is maybe the biggest wow. story because look at this. A, they're local, they're regional, should say, mm-hmm. um, and sweeping the New York Yankees in the fashion that they did. Good for the St. Louis Cardinals, who you know now look as though they've. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about the Brewers. Right? Uh-huh. That's the way this has gone throughout the season. It has, but right now the Cardinals are on a roll, and for them to take care of the Yankees in the fashion that they did, what a story! And it's the two guys, um, you know, leading the way that again led the way, but they're getting more than that. I mean, how about did you happen to see the home plate umpire seventh or eighth inning um, fall ball? I mean, fall tip right off his mask. Oh no! And he looked. Is it Ed Hickox, whoever the home plate umpire was, and 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 Yadi Molina's. And I know I've seen other catches, catchers do it too, but instantly knew what was happening behind him, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't get him, but he heard the sound. And the umpire, he started to go down. And Yachty and whoever it was is in the batter's box, they re- and they held him up. And they kept him in the game. The umpire didn't come out, and he had his bell rung. But um, you know the the series itself, good for, good for them. Good for the Cardinals doing what they did. Clearly now... You know, uh, making a statement of nothing else in the National League Central. Meanwhile, the Braves and the Mets were doing battle a five-game series. The Mets with the Grom, who was unbelievable, mm-hmm. uh, with Scherzer, who was unbelievable, with Diaz out of that bullpen. We've been talking about him for months. Yes, and now the country's catching on to just how good this cat is. I mean, he gets a save yesterday. One, two, uh, three, struck three guys out. Um, this is what he does. He is unhittable. They made a statement, and out west, the Padres make all of those moves at the trade deadline, right? To get better, to close the gap on the Dodgers, the Dodgers flexed on them. I uh, just opened up, uh, this is DraftKings. We talked about Diaz, Cy Young, potential. Well, Contra's got to be the favorite still. Yes, pretty big favorite, minus 250. But you can still get Jumbo Diaz at 90-1. to 1. I mean, isn't that worth a $10 what? flyer at DraftKings? Yes. 90 to 1? Yes. If he ends this, how many saves does he have this year? He's got to have a. Big, 26, 28? He's probably got to get to like 40, though, doesn't he? Like if he has 37, I just don't know. I, as good as he has been mm-hmm. and the multiple inning relief role that he has mm-hmm. had, it feels like he's got to have one of those kind of bigger rounder numbers in order to get there. Yeah. But at 90 to 1 on August 8th, mm-hmm. I, I think that's worth a mm-hmm. flyer, certainly. Because I, I opened this up because I wanted to see. Where the NL Central one? I need a one. And your boy Dylan Cease, he's up to plus two eighty now. Is he? What what price did you get? Eleven to one. I Eleven think? to one. Yeah. Right, you're feeling pretty good over there. Well, I am, but Verlander's Verlander. That's true. 
Yeah, I, I think that uh, we were probably betting the runner-up in both cases. Mm-hmm. You know, you never know, right? There's a lot of baseball left. Like you say, if somehow that's a lot to ask. I mean, he's got... I can't see it because... Well, you know what? Let me get my magnifying glass. All here. right, you got that. Yes, I do. It's still still season. That means that <laughs> Ken brings a magnifying glass with him to work every day. And now i got to use it on this um, desktop in front of me. It looks like 20. It's still really small. 26 saves for Diaz. But it's the, it's the strikeouts per innings pitched. I mean, uh-huh. it's, he's averaging more than two an inning. Think about that. This is unheard of what this guy's doing. He faced three Braves yesterday and struck every single one of them out. That's wild. And he, this, he does it all the time. Cardinals, minus 165 to win the division. Are they? Brewers now, plus 125. Mm. So this is the time to buy the Brewers, yeah. if you believe I've them. got enough Brewers. <laughs> As do I. <laughs> I'd like to. We're already invested enough, yeah, right? too heavy. I don't think they got. Look, they destroyed the clubhouse when they traded Hater. That's the that's uh-huh. the buzz coming out of Milwaukee. Yep. That this team, um, you're supposed to make your team better. Why would you make us worse? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, seemingly, what happened. Uh, when they when they send Hater to uh, to the West Coast, but boy oh boy, the Dodgers this weekend, it was good. Good for baseball. You know what? Everybody's kind of getting in football mood, but mm-hmm. baseball reminded us, you know, not so fast, not so fast. Watching the little bit of the Padres and the Dodgers throughout the weekend, you are rethinking your Padres are the second best team in the National League. Yeah, I, I am. It's the Mets. <laughs> yeah, it's the Mets. Uh, especially with what they did this weekend. It, look, it, it, they're gonna they're gonna run out there. Um, when you get to a five or seven game series, whatever it may be, you're, you're going to see Scherzer first, or you're going to see Degrom first. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And then Carrasco at some point, Tajon Walker at some point. It's not too bad, huh? No, Bassett's okay, but then you get the Diaz in the ninth inning mm-hmm. with a lead. It's automatic. It's good night. Drive home safely. One other note uh, I wanted to get to with the Cardinals Yankees series. Do you see the continued conversation about Jack Flaherty? No. He had another rehab. Went two innings. Yep. The Cardinals still think that he can come back. And they have said, if he is back, we have a spot for him in the rotation. Well, that's wishful thinking. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. I, all right, you ramp up here. You got, I mean, what, best case scenario at the very end of the month? Probably sub- early September. Mm-hmm. Is realistic that he can rejoin the rotation. And then you get three, four starts before the playoffs. Is that enough to put him in mm. as your... Number two, number three, number four, whatever it is, starter? I don't uh, think so. But the Cardinals have been saying there's there's an article in the Post-Dispatch with, there? with Derek Gould. Take a look at it because I, will. I was very surprised. I, I heard him just talking about it once when I flipped over over the weekend. And I was what? Well, they got two guys. They got Adam Wainwright. You know what? Maybe, the, maybe Jordan Montgomery beat his old team this yes, weekend. Yes, he did. So that looked good. I was on the uh, wrong side of that one. Were you? Uh-huh. Uh, Michaelis has been terrific. Um, Jose Quintana, again, depends what day you watch him. One day you watch him, he strikes out 11. Right. Next day he doesn't get through 11 batters. That's kind of the guy he is and always has been. This Helsley at the back of the bullpen, I mean, he throws gas. 103. He's 102, 103 uh, constantly. Do they have enough? I don't know. I Not don't yet. I don't think you put them in the same sentence as the Dodgers, the Padres and the Mets. Mm-hmm. Um but it's the Cardinals. And do you put it are they better than the Braves? Huh, are they better than the Braves? So rank the top 5 cuz we do this for media com mm-hmm. we're taping today cuz I'm flying tomorrow. Um Obviously, Dodgers won. Yes. I feel Mets are number two clearly. I think those are locked in. Yes. I agree. 
this is where the argument starts. And it's not just an argument with the Cardinals, Brewers, and the Braves, Mm -hmm. and the Padres, but also the Phillies. I, yeah. I think they have to be part of that mm-hmm. conversation. I, I like what they did at the deadline. I didn't like what they did yesterday with Pete Rose. You know what? Did you see some of I this? didn't yeah, know. He's a first class, you know what? Uh-huh. When the word came out that they, they had to get approval to bring him back, they okay. celebrated the 1980 World Series team. Gotcha. Right? You got to bring him back. He's Pete Rose. <laughs> right. They don't win the World Series without him. Uh-huh. I get why they did it. And then he comes back and he's talking to a female reporter and he. Something, something. I don't. That's in the past. I really don't want to talk about that, babe, babe. Um, and then he gets on TV, and he's. Uh, you can find the clip on yeah. Twitter. I'm not going to say the words he uttered, but he just made a. He's just such a dick. Mm-hmm. He's he's the hit king. He's the greatest to ever do it. Right. Uh, but he's his own worst enemy. He's his own worst enemy. I'll guarantee you. This morning he's back at the Mandalay Bay, betting his. I mean, proverbial, all he can, double-fisted to the window. He loves the horses. And then at least he was at the Mandalay Bay. So I'm sure he's, he's still in Vegas. But then he goes up to one of those shops where he signs right. autographs yeah. for a couple of hours a day. This guy has signed his name more often, i got to think, than anybody that's been in sports. That's probably not a stretch, I right? don't think it is. This guy has made more money. And, and good for him. I'm not killing him for that. Mm-hmm. I'm not killing him for that. You do what you got to do, and he's done it. But he signed his name more often than anybody I can think of uh, in sports. But he's just a you, – you want him to wake up. Won't happen. It's not going to happen. Well, he's bitter, as he should be at this he's point. He's the hit king. Yes. But you can't bet on baseball. Now, look – in my opinion, the NFL, they found a convenient way to find Steve Ross on the whole tampering thing with Tom mm-hmm. Brady. That happens a million times. Yes. The story of the find with Steve Ross should be, and in, and, and in my opinion, clearly is, but it's secondary because you know what? They tampered with Brady trying to get him over when he asked his coach to throw games. Mm-hmm. And he did. That cuts against the integrity of sports. Pete Rose gambled on baseball. We still know, if you're a sports fan, you know about the 1919 Black, White Sox, Black Sox scandal. Mm-hmm. That was over 100 years ago, and it's still ingrained in people's mind. Why? Because you're gambling on sports, whether it's 1919 or 2022 or any time in between. Because if you bet on sports and sports are rigged, and I don't care about the Cyclone boards or the Hawkeye boards or whatever your team is boards, when you got a bad call and your game is rigged and the officials are in, no, they're not. No, they're not. Your team got a bad call. Maybe the next time they play, they'll get one that goes their way. It's funny how fans forget about those they ones. do. Yeah. But when you when you've got when you're betting on sports, the integrity's gone. We got nothing. We've got nothing. Calvin Ridley was suspended for bet for betting a thousand dollars on DraftKings. While Deshaun Watson is right. looking at a six game suspension. Blackzico Burris was shot himself in the leg and got three games. Yep. But you can't bet. Can't. You can't bet. And everybody knows it. No, that's. I, I wish everybody knew it. Mm-hmm. But if you're a professional athlete, you have to know it. Yes. There is no excuse for you not to And it's to something know it. that is talked about all the time. And he right. talks about professional athletes, and they don't. That is something that is, this is not a gray area. That, no. Maybe you missed it. No. No. This is a conversation yep. that happens many times yep. every single season. They know. Is it stupid? Especially for a guy like Calvin Ridley, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I when he walks in the stadium, that's the DraftKings Stadium or whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. you, you know damn well wherever he is, you can look around, you can see mm-hmm. an ad for sports betting. 
and he gets caught, mm-hmm. and this is what it is. We can argue the merits, but you can't do it. You can't do it. Yep, that's can't where we it. are, right. and it's because of that. And you're exactly right. The Stephen Ross, the tampering. Uh huh. It was, it was convenient. It was a very easy facade to put up there and say, "Hey, look over here." <laughs> All right, yeah. Tom <laughs> no, Brady. Never mind. Tom, Tom, look there. Tom look Brady. Over here. Yeah. Click on, click on this article, not the other one. Right. Click on the one that says Tom Brady. Yep. And people eat it up. Yep. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Uh, so fun weekend of baseball. Yes. was really, really, really good. Good for baseball having one of those this weekend when we get football crazy. Now, we head off to Circa. Mm-hmm. You head Thursday. I'm bolting tomorrow. It's crazy, Trent. I, I'm going to the sports Palace, right? Yes. The Mecca of Las Vegas. I'm going to spend a couple of my nights betting horses and drinking and eating with my son. That's awesome. And I'm going to miss the hell out of my dog. Oh, jeez. I can't get past it. You're one what of is the, wrong with me? You're, you're one of these people. Now, I, huh? I am. I am. I, I mean, this is just so strange to me. Old, crusty Ken Miller. And I can't get past the fact that I've got to leave Jet. And I'm leaving with my wife. His heart grew three sizes when he picked up that dog. It's just unbelievable. What is it? it just what it does to people. I mean, yeah. What it does to me. I don't know if it's everybody, but I hate not hated dogs. I, I couldn't couldn't care less. Yeah. And now I do, that's a, I know tomorrow I'm going to leave and I'm just I'm heartbroken. Are you going to do some Zoom calls with him? I am. How'd you know? <laughs> Yeah, really. You told Cindy, hey, we're going to FaceTime a little bit. Yeah, I got to see well, you. We're, we're FaceTiming for me. Uh-huh. I, mean, I don't think he'll be able to. <laughs> oh, my God. He so what me. are you guys going to do when you travel together? It's like you said. We're traveling together. Oh, no. He's coming on the plane. Oh, geez. I, know, I can't. You're going to be that guy. I am. I, board used to make, I used to just, I just shook, used to shake oh. my head at that guy. We just dealt with that on our way back. Our now, f- was the dog quiet? The dog was quiet, yeah. but it was crapping itself nonstop. It was fart after fart. And it See, Jeff doesn't fart. <laughs> You're in good shape then. At least at home. No, well, I, he might be a little nervous. Yet. Might be a little nervous on that flight. Well, he might be, yeah. right? So you could smell the dog. Yeah. Flatulence. Big time. Really? Yeah. Did you look at the owner and what was what's the owner? What, thing what is he gonna do? Put a finger up there? I mean there, <laughs> there's nothing he can do. You just assume the risk, right? I have to. I, we can't leave him. I can't leave him. I can't. Do you want to send him to hang out with the Condon kids for a week? And for your sake, no. I no. Mean, he had a huge paper towel last. I mean, he's just a... You just can't take your eye off him for a minute, right? So you're going out to one of your favorite places in the world. Yes. To hang out with your son. Yes. Your favorite person in the world. Yes. And you're concerned with Jet. Yes. Who's staying with your wife. Who's staying with Cindy. Yes. It's it's crazy, and I know that. I mean, I was kind of down all weekend, knowing that Tuesday's getting closer. I'm going to get on the plane and leave my little guy. Think about all the positives. Though. I am, Trent. I totally agree with you. I'm going to be sitting at Circus Sports, mm-hmm. the world's biggest sports book, where if I look to my left, there's a great wall of taps and Stella's every five feet. I look to, I look to my right, same thing. I go outside the door. I'm on Fremont Street. Mm-hmm. Um, Delmar's running. Saratoga's running. I'm going to be able to bet my lungs out on horses all for on Wednesday and Thursday. Everything's lining up, except Jet's not there. Jet won't be there. Jet won't be. There. We will uh, be there, and we'll do our show Friday from there. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing though. I mentioned last week, you can still get out there for, well, it's $202. It has gone up now. What is it now? If you want to go out on Thursday, come back on Sunday, yeah. $208. You've got to be kidding me. 
this week. You can go out with us. On Frontier. On Frontier. All of the fun and games that we're going to be having out there that we've talked about uh-huh. for the last couple of months. And you can Big still get out. Big event on Friday night. Huge event on Saturday. Stadium swim. Friday night. Bar Canada. $208. Leave Thursday evening. Come back late afternoon on Sunday. 20% off your room. Still available at both Circa mm-hmm. and the D. MC20, the discount code. If you've been on the fence... You want to come out there. You want to do some of these contests. They sound like fun. If you got the money, it's two hundred eight dollars. Two hundred eight bucks, twenty percent off your room. It's a pretty good weekend. That, that is. I mean, it's not East Side Night at the fair. <laughs> I personally think it's a little bit better. Yeah, I'd say. And you probably spend two hundred eight dollars just on beer mm-hmm. on East Side Night anyway. You know what? Um, I think I would rather spend East Side, and I hate the fair. Uh-huh. Could you imagine spending the weekend at that hinterland thing? No. Wait, it was 104 degrees, whatever it was. It could have been Feels 84 like, degrees. It could have been perfect, right? No right. humidity. Those porta potties, wherever they call it, Trent, that got there on Wednesday, they're full. Yes. And they're still in use. Is there showers? There has to be. There right? has to be, right? Dave, Dave Sproul, who's got to be pushing, what, is he 50? Late yeah, 40s? 40s, yeah. I just don't get, what's the draw? I mean, has anybody ever heard of the bands? Yeah. You have? Yeah. But they're, they're not. They're not your bands. Okay. <laughs> uh, I just I couldn't think of anything worse. I've, I see t- uh, t- uh, t- uh, tweets. It's like shake my head. My God, people, why would you do this to subject yourself? Andrew Downs is wiping there all weekend. I don't. I could not piss it and me. crap it in one of those things all weekend. I just don't like live music that much. Even if it was bands that I absolutely loved, right. I don't think I could pull that off. Ugh. Hey, good for them. Yeah. Two old guys yell at clouds, <laughs> 10 to noon on KXNO. And we'll be back with uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He covers Major League Baseball. What a weekend of MLB. Snyder's next, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Still to come this hour, Mitch Holtz is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. But that music means it's time to talk some baseball, and we shall. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He joins us, Matt, Trent, and Ken. It's football season, but boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, was baseball ever terrific this past weekend. What a weekend of Major League Baseball, Matt Snyder. Yeah, it was. It was great. Uh, it was interesting I'm trying to figure out what the biggest deal was, and um, it might be the Mets taking four or five mm. from the Braves there, especially with how Scherzer and DeGrom looked against them. Just kind of a, hey, we've got our two aces. We took four or five. You got within a half game of us, but now it's six and a half yeah. kind of statement there in early August. Yeah, and you're right. It's um, that, that might be the story of the weekend. You know, on the on the flip side of it, Look, I'm, I believe that the Phillies absolutely did the right thing by having Pete Rose back. They don't win, this, they don't win the title without him. But my good God, he just will never change, will he? he he's worse now, I think. No, he doesn't. He, he, uh, he doesn't really have incentive to, I don't think. I mean, he, as old as he is, as long as he's never really had to change, mm-hmm. the only consequence he's ever suffered was being banned from baseball for life. But he still does all those autograph shows and everything, mm-hmm. and he doesn't, you know, I, I don't think anything at this point really moves the needle for him. So it's, yeah, it's whatever. It's a, it's a difficult situation. 
Well, that Phillies team, flying under the radar, just get in. How dangerous are they? How dangerous are they as a wild card entrance that can get hot, win a couple series, get to the NLCS? Do you see that, or is this more likely if they get in, it's one and done, they just don't have the depth? What do you think of this Philly squad? Anywhere on the spectrum. Yeah, uh, I yeah, think they're I very agree. dangerous. Very dangerous, uh, perhaps even to themselves, eventually. But let, let's say, like, okay, what if they get their 100th percentile is too much? But what if they get their 90th to 95th percentile the rest of the year, including the playoffs? You're talking about a playoff rotation that's going to have Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, mm. Noah Sendergaard, and Ranger Suarez, who's been really good mm-hmm. since the start of July. That's a really good rotation. Back into the bullpen, if you get the best versions of Anthony Dominguez, uh, Corey Knable, David Robertson, who they just traded for and is having a very good year, they can they look like they have a pretty good back into the bullpen. And then they'll get Bryce Harper back. You look at the power in the lineup between Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, who's out of his mind hot yes, right now, Kyle Schwarber, who has been out of his mind hot at different points in the season, Nick Castellanos, who's capable of getting that hot but hasn't really done it so far this year, and Bryce Harper. I mean, that's the type of lineup, and let's not forget about Derek Hall, by the way, who had only 100 at bats and eight home runs in his rookie year. Uh, that's the type of group that you could see the old Earl Weaver, a little pitching, a very little defense, and a three-run home run, along with a good back end of the bullpen. They could win the World Series. <laughs> now, like I said, they're dangerous to themselves as well because you could also see them doing something like losing 10 games in a row and falling out of the playoff picture. So, they're probably one of the most exciting teams to watch for me the rest of the way, just because they could be so good, but also be so bad. Seven more against the Braves, and they have a three-game lead on the. Uh, the Braves have a three-game lead. The the Phillies will finish the regular series uh, with the uh, playing the Astros uh, in interleague play. Well, we'll see. I, I'm with you, and I don't know what to expect if indeed they get there. So let's do Yankees and the Cardinals because this one surprised me. Really did. As good as the Yankees have been all year, Cardinals have been one of those teams that you know they spin their wheels a little bit. They get close to the Brewers, and the Brewers open a couple of game lead on. But the Cardinals right now are playing exceptionally good baseball. What do they want? Nine out of their last ten, ten out of eleven something like that. What's been the difference in this Cardinals team? They sweep the Yankees. Uh, the difference in your mind, uh, why are the Cardinals uh, playing the way they are? Well, I mean, some of it is just playing the way that they're capable of playing. And for so much so much of the season, I mean, I've been on them from pretty much the start, as you guys know. Mm-hmm. And they were, what, five or six teams back of the Brewers. And I said, I'd bet on the Cardinals. They're, they have so much more talent. Uh, it's been interesting to see it come to, come together. I, I was going to say, you know, they're riding Wainwright at home, but he didn't have a good outing yesterday, and they still found found a way back. They're getting a lot of timely hitting um, in the offense, and it does cover a lot up when you have two players who are playing like MVP candidates who have done so throughout their careers in, in Goldschmidt and Arenado. You've got good supporting cast action, like uh, against the Cubs the other day, Nolan Gorman hit that home run that looked at the time, kind of innocent. It only cut it to 3-1, but it was like the first blow. And I feel like they're getting to the point where they kind of have that feeling. You know, it, when they start to come back, hey, that's one run, they kind of look at each other like, okay, here we go. Now we're going. Getting big hits from DeYoung, who they had the option to the minors earlier in the year. It looks like he might be done as a Cardinal. Uh, that was a dagger yesterday, that three-run home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, just... I mean, it's, uh, like I said, a lot of timely hitting. They've got their two stars in the lineup. They've got a good supporting cast there. 
they have guys who haven't really played like they should be playing all year. If you want to look at Tyler O'Neill or Dylan Carlson, for example, on the offensive side in the rotation, they still could could stand to be better. But it's interesting they kind of repeated last year <laughs> when they went out and got a, a pair of veteran lefties. This time around, it was Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery going out and throwing well against his former team. Yeah. They, they needed depth in the rotation, and that's what they went out and got without really giving up anything in substance. I think the bullpen's going to settle in behind Helsley. Uh, it's, they, they look really good right now. So I was telling Ken earlier today that there's an article in the Post-Dispatch talking about Jack Flaherty, and they still think that they can ramp him up and use him not as a bullpen arm, which I always thought maybe was going to be the end game at least for 2022, but still back yeah. as a starter. Early September is the target date. That's what Marmol said the other day. Does that seem realistic for you? Is this one of these Missouri things? We got to see it before we're going to believe it with Jack Flair. Yeah, maybe to show me. Yeah, hmm. uh, you know, I haven't examined him or anything, and uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's always possible that maybe they just jump started things a little bit too early last time. And remember, mm-hmm. uh, I actually thought this makes sense when they were talking about him ramping up last time, and he said. I would just be building my way back up in the minors anyway. Why not just do it at the majors? And I've long thought that about pitchers. I mean, hitters, yeah, you need to get back up to speed and see the speed and see the pitching. But from a pitcher's perspective, if you're only going to throw two innings, but your team could use you for two in the majors, why wouldn't you just build yourself up back in the majors? But maybe they did rush him. Maybe he rushed himself, and maybe the team shouldn't have listened to him. I don't know. Maybe he'll be better this time around. Uh, again, we, we don't know until we see it, but yeah, it, it would make sense if you think, look, by the time you get back, there's only going to be a month yet left in the season. We might have our rotation settled by then. Why don't you just only use two pitches and empty the tank in relief once or twice a week and for one inning? That does seem like it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, we'll see. They 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 blew it the last time they tried to get him back uh, into the rotation. Yeah. So so I, I want to get to the play at the plate that uh, in in Minneapolis yesterday. We'll do that in a second. Trent's team, Sorry, my Trent. team, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, worked out well for my squad. Not so much for Trent's. That in a second. Uh, sequels are seldom as good as the um, as as good as the original. What what do you expect is gonna what what are we what are we in for on Thursday night? Two bad baseball teams. Uh, Cincinnati and the Cubs. And this isn't, I'm just not piling on this week. I said the day after, boy, I hope they don't do, the day after it happened last year, I hope they don't try and do this again because they'll never come close to what we saw, and they won't. What do you expect? Yeah, nothing even close to as awesome as it was last time. I mean, it was two playoff teams going back and forth, a lot of home runs. Um, even if it was kind of a seesaw battle and a back-and-forth game, there's it's still two bad teams. Yep. That's a lot different than the star power that the Yankees and the White Sox had last year. <laughs> and again, they've already done all the, the cool stuff. You know, like right. they already had the Kevin Costner. They yep. already did all the, the narration from all the Field of Dream parts. The players already walked out of the cornfield. They already did all that stuff. So, like, if anything... If it was reversed, it might have made more sense. You know, if you have two bad teams in it the first year, but you still can do all the really cool stuff that everybody wants to see for the first time, yeah, you would watch that. And then the second year, you have two playoff teams with all kinds of star power. Well, then, yeah, you would watch that. But doing it in reverse, it's hard to see the ratings coming anywhere close yes. at all. I will be watching. Yep. Uh, if I wanted to try to say anything good about the two teams, I would say <laughs> the. The Reds are actually exactly 500 since the three and 22 start. 
Hmm. And now I know they did they did trade several guys. Uh, you know, Molly Castillo, Drury. Uh, is the Cubs fluctuate, but they actually do play well at times. They won six games in a row around the All-Star break, and that included a, a sweep in Philadelphia of the Phillies who have been hot since then. Uh, they just took two or three from the Marlins. Of course, they just got swept by the Cardinals, too. So it's you never know what you're going to get. Maybe it'll be an exciting game. Maybe it'll be back and forth. But like I said, I, I can't see it drawing near as many eyeballs when it's essentially a, a trumped-up triple-A game with a few stars like Wilson Contreras. So it's, yeah, it's a big step down. Let's get to the play that uh, well made one of us happy yesterday and one of us upset. Gary Sanchez blocking the plate is the official ruling from MLB. Here's the thing that was crazy to me. I see MLB replays. It's a Twitter account from MLB explaining yeah. uh, what happened on a call and if it was overturned and, and the reasoning behind it. But it's sponsored. I, I don't know. There's just <laughs> something... I understand. Nothing sacred anymore. But there was just, maybe it was because I was in a bad mood. But then I saw it was sponsored <laughs> on top of, of course, Major League Baseball. What garbage. You you be the deciding vote of what we saw on this one yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that was one of those things where you wouldn't even get mad unless you were already mad. Yeah. And then since you were already right. mad, yeah. I was on tilt. Uh, uh, if you looked just at the letter of the law and then watched the play and you hadn't seen anything else, you just read the rule and then you watched the play, I think you would see, yeah, he probably didn't leave the lane before he had the ball, and you could tell, like, Merrifield's feet couldn't get to home plate. But <laughs> they have never have called That's just never. it. I agree. Everything Kapler has mm-hmm. said was 100% spot on. And as I, I liken it to in my power rankings, it would be like, let's go any level. Let's say high school. Uh, this team hasn't seen a three-second lane violation called in high school basketball <laughs> in, a, in in two months. And then all of a sudden, the other team, or no, it would be three seconds, so it would be offense. All of a sudden, they take the ball out for a last-second shot, and they're down by one. And with like one second left to the buzzer, all of a sudden, the officials call three seconds and give the ball to the other team. You might say, all right, hold on, hold on. I know we were in the lane for four seconds there, but you guys haven't called that on us all season why right now yeah. and i think that's what kapler was saying is and the thing that's messed up about it is like if it was very blatant that the ball wasn't even close and sanchez like gotten got in his way and you could tell he was trying to get in his way and prevent him from getting to the plate it might have made more sense mm-hmm. but it does seem like it was just kind of he was reacting to the ball and he was trying mm-hmm. to get down and he was trying to tag him and it wasn't like it was a well thought out plan or anything so yeah, it was yeah, it was bizarre. I mean, when it went to replay, uh, I didn't have it on at the time, but I could see a bunch of Blue Jays people on Blue Jays fans on Twitter tweeting like, "Well, there's no way this gets overturned. There they never called it." That's true. Even Blue Jays fans yeah. saying that, and then it did. Yeah, I, so, I was. Yeah, I'm one of them. Messed up, I, and I'm with you. I yeah. didn't think there's no look. I think by the letter of the law, I get why they put the rule in, but they never enforced the rule. I mean, go no. back. How many collisions? As somebody tweeted at us yesterday. Um, Johnny Bench and Carlton Fisker laughing at that. Right? I mean, this yeah. this has been part of baseball forever. Um, yeah, I didn't like it, and I know why Baldelli snapped, and 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 he certainly should have. So that race in uh, that uh, Central Division race, Guardians, White Sox, Twins, all about the same place they were when we spoke a week ago. It's gonna be a fascinating race. Who's the favorite in yeah, your mind? It is. You know, I've been saying the White Sox all year. Mm-hmm. 
so I guess I can't bail now. But it's hard to be inspired by – well, I mean, just – we keep saying, okay, they have a lot of talent. They just need to play better. But here's them since the All-Star break. Split with the Guardians. Split with the Rockies. Beat a series. Beat the A's in a series. Beat the Royals in a series. Split with the Rangers. Mm. That's the resume of a completely mediocre team. Yeah, they took two or three from the Royals. Yeah, they took two or three from the A's. But you're splitting with the Rangers. You're splitting with the Rockies. It's at, at some point you just are what your Bill, Bill Parcells. You are what your record says mm-hmm. you are. And I know it was right around this time last year that the Braves kicked into gear. So I suppose it's possible. I, nobody really gives me confidence. I guess I have to stick with the White Sox, but I guess that was my way of saying I'm not confident and I don't like the pick. So it's, man, I, I don't know. Pick your poison with these three. If it ends the White Sox not making the playoffs, they fall short, is that it for La Russa? I mean, there's no way you can bear, bring it back in 2023, right? Surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, it's not like you're just finding a scapegoat. He's made legitimate mistakes yes, that, that cost them games. And you're only two out right now. So you could argue if it was a different manager, they'd be in first by a game or two, mm-hmm. even with all the injuries and underperformance. And sometimes when there's that much underperformance, Somebody's got to be the guy. You can't just look up and down a roster and say, why are these five guys way worse than they should be? And then act like it's not the manager's fault, at least on some level. You know, like at some point you have to look at somebody and it's it's like in any profession, let's say you have a sales team where five guys are selling a lot less than they sold last year. Well, who's the boss? <laughs> so it has to be on somebody. Can you make a case where... Uh, Edwin Diaz uh, wins the Cy Young in the National League. Can, can he catch Alcantara? Uh, what does he need to do? 26 I, I, saves. Not, not for me. Not for, okay. not for me yeah. because of the workload difference. Yeah. There's just so many innings of a sub-2 ERA from Alcantara. I, I can't make that gap up. But you you can't say enough about what Diaz has met, meant to the Mets. Maybe higher in MVP votes. Obviously not first for me mm. because he's still – He's still a closer who has 45 and a third innings. And there's position players who have played so many more innings and had a bigger impact. But still, that's 45 games he's appeared in and impacted. And to have his numbers, and it's not just that. It's that for so much of the year, their setup setup situation was a complete mess. And they know automatically, if we get it to the ninth, if we somehow scratch and claw our way to the ninth with the lead, this game's over. And it really said it all on Thursday when Buck Showalter went to him for two innings and said, look, this is a five-game series against a team that's trailing us. He doesn't really go multiple innings often, but we're going to give him the ball for two innings here. And he completely shut the door and locked things down, and now they have a a six-and-a-half game lead. That's an incredibly valuable player. And so I I haven't looked at it in a little bit, but I I would have to look at it. But my hunch is, Somewhere in the eight to ten range in MVP, I would start to say, "Yeah, this is about where I would look to for Edwin Diaz," and that's about as high as I would ever get for a closer. Coming off the trade deadline, we're so excited about the Padres, and then the Dodgers <laughs> yeah. come. What, is, what did that say to you? I mean, was it the statement that a lot of people were trying to make it out to be? Probably a mild one, but it's just because, the, as we discussed last week, actually. Uh, the Dodgers are just so good, we take it for granted in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was after the Padres made that move, I wrote a column that said the landscape of baseball has changed, and, and I still think it has. Part of it is they're a playoff caliber team, 
and they got one of the best players in baseball who's 23 years old for another two years after this year. Part of it is also that the Dodgers did not get him. Part of it is also that the Cardinals didn't get him. Or even if he wanted to loop in teams like the Yankees, the Mets, the Astros, they didn't get Juan Soto. Somebody else did. So, yeah, it changes the landscape of baseball. But in that column, I made sure to say, now, the Dodgers are still better. The best bet to win the National League is still the Dodgers. They're, so th- I think maybe that was the statement was, hey, just a little reminder, the Dodgers <laughs> are still the far superior team. Now, will that matter in October? Maybe, maybe not, because the Braves were not as good as the Dodgers last year, and they beat them in six. The Nationals were not as good as the Dodgers in 2019, and they beat them in five in the NLDS. So it might not matter, but it might. Uh, and I think the statement was, hey, we're still deeper, we're still more talented. Matt Snyder, great hit with us here, Matt. We had a great weekend to recap. It was, it was certainly baseball, still in the spotlight from everything else. Just a phenomenal weekend in MLB. Matt, we'll talk to you next Monday. Have a wonderful week. Are you making your way to the Field of Dreams? No, I'm not, unfortunately. I, I will at some point. Maybe this would have been the year yeah. for the blessed man for everything. Well, that's true, yeah. but at, right. at the same time, uh, good stuff. Thank you, Matt. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Yep, take care. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. We'll come back to football. We shall go with uh, Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins Trent and I on the other side. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 Meadows. Hi, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station. Welcome back. 106.3 106.3 KXNO. We take you until noon. Let's talk some Kansas City Chiefs football. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, joins us. Papa John's in Central Iowa. The Donaldsons make this possible. Mitch Trent and Ken, how are you, Mitch Holtis? Good morning, guys. Uh, very well, actually. They, after two pretty rough days in pads with the heat and big crowds, uh, today was coach scaled it back and cloudy skies and uh, cooler weather and uh, good work day. I mean, Coach is amazing in the way he calculates uh, how he trains a team. I really think that it's something the young coaches in the league are trying to get a handle on. Uh, how do you handle the rules? How do you push? When do you back off? Uh, you listen to your team, but yet you've got to get work done. Uh, Coach Reed is still a master of it. Good stuff. Well, obviously, Mitch, uh, injury is such a big part of camp, and it's just you just uh, you hate to see it, right? You, whether whatever team it is, yep. um, so far so good for Kansas City. Yeah, so far so good. Just some minor stuff. Jody Fortson uh, at tight end uh, with a quad injury. Taylor Stallworth with a knee contusion. But the main cast of characters that you want to check off going down the list are I've been a Fogo, have gone at it. 100 miles an hour. I mean, this has been a really good camp thus far, and we've avoided some of the major injuries that some of the other teams have already encountered and lost guys for the season. Mitch, uh, want to get, before we get into our audio clip for today, something that happened at the end of practice yesterday. Justin Reed. He's not a kicker. He's a defensive back, and a pretty good one at that, coming in from Houston. It's a video that he posted himself looking like he kicked a 65-yarder. A, were you around for this? And, I mean, are we talking about some, some goofiness with video editing? What's happening here? He didn't really kick a 65-yarder, did he? 65-yarder that was not Photoshopped. Really? Uh, it was. He smoked it. And I saw him do it this <laughs> spring. I saw him do it this summer. It just wasn't on, captured on video by a fan. <laughs> now, it wasn't a 
screen, you know, he had it in the holder, the artificial holder, and kicked it. But uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could do it in an emergency if Harrison Bucker yeah. went down. Wow. The other thing he can do is kick off. I mean, he, guys, he's legit. This is a safety, yep. right? We featured him last week. Yep. But he, that 65-yarder was for real, Trent. I'm not making it up, and the video didn't lie. That was not manufactured. Absolutely crazy. Something And how about that for a weapon? Like you said, Bucker goes down. How many games have we seen in the NFL throughout the years that have been cost where you don't have a punter that can kick, and all of a sudden something like that happens? It's something to certainly keep your eye on throughout this season. All right, let's get into our audio clip for today. And a wide receiver group, Mitch, Certainly going to look a whole lot different in 2022, minus the cheetah. Let me give you my theme, Ken and Trent, this week. Uh, I'll give you a preview on Friday of the Bears game, but Monday through Thursday, my theme is the Renaissance men. The AFC West, and you guys have noted that, I mean, everybody's all in and uh, four really good teams. So for the Chiefs, a couple things have to happen. One, your returning guys have got to go to another level, and the one guy I'm going to start with here is McCall Hardman. Tyree Kale's now in Miami. What's McCall, what's McCall Hardman going to do? Uh, the fans have wanted him to be 80 catches, 800 yards, 8 touchdowns. Could he do that? I don't know. But 31 other teams would love to have McCall Hardman. Now, here's one of the things he gives you an advantage on. He's the number one rated receiver in the league in when he touches the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Flip passes, bubble screens, um, the quick screen action. And a lot of it is he was a five-star quarterback in high school. He was highly recruited as a QB. Georgia switches him to wide receiver, but understanding angles and making those plays in space, so to speak, are largely in part of his background as a quarterback. Kind of know what a quarterback thinking. Uh, Understanding defense is a little bit better. And um, so playing there for like four years kind of like puts you in the mindset of quarterback but a receiver. So you kind of know like what Pat got an idea of what he's thinking. And it kind of helps you run your roster a little bit better. Understanding angles as well. Now, Hardman, can he be a thousand yard receiver? I don't know. But look at his stats from last year. And he had a hundred, a hundred plus yards against Denver in the last, when he got targets. He hadn't had a lot of targets. When he had a lot of targets, he responded. Six catches, 103 yards, I believe. And again, 31 other teams would love to have McCall Hardman. No, he's quick. And look at, he was drafted in 2019 to replace Tyreek Hill. Uh, and, and yep. here, and here he is. So no, I'm with you, Mitch. And I watched that game and, uh, and he's clearly, clearly a weapon. And now he's going to get his opportunity to stand out. What's the relationship between him and Patrick Mahomes? Uh, good. Actually, very good. And keep in mind, it goes back to our very first report last week. Mahomes had his own camp, uh-huh. his own OTAs before the formal OTAs started. McCall was there. And uh, I think that helped just get those guys even further on the same page. McCall, with his four two seven speed, actually has the ability to make a six-yard play into a 60-yarder. Um, and uh, Tyree could do that, too. McCall just does it in a different way, but a weapon nonetheless. It's game week. You go to Chicago, get to take on my yep. Bears. My Bears are actually favored. We know this is not a regular season game because of that fact, but I'll tell you, Mitch, it's got to feel different just getting to this point. We talked about the normalcy a little bit last week with you, but game week, how different is it going to look in, in the lead-up to get to Saturday and make your way to Chicago? It won't look any different Monday or Tuesday, Trent, but the pivot starts on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday becomes uh, that discussion. But Monday, Tuesday is still on schedule with what Andy Reid wants to do. Now, one of the topics will be, What's the common or what's the common theme of the Bears? 
Look at what they've done the last several years. And I don't say this braggadocious. The Bears want to be what Kansas City has been. They hire they hire mm-hmm. Matt Nagy. That didn't work. They think he's a buffoon. Well, who did they hire from GM? <laughs> Ryan Poles, yeah. who's been as close to Brett Veach as anybody in that room. So the Bears continue to look at the Chiefs, whether they like it or not, to try to replicate him. Hmm. Uh, Mitch, uh, this will be the last chance I get to speak with this week. I'm headed to Vegas for a couple of days, but Trent will be here. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but I'm not going to pick your brain on that. I'm going to spend our last couple of minutes talking about Papa John's and and what good people the Donaldsons are as they make your appearances possible. I don't know if you're flying out of Des Moines or not, or if TSA will let you take pizza. But if they do, probably won't. But if you could sneak it through TSA or... Uh, maybe they can drone it and drop it in Vegas, but the Donaldsons are awesome. Uh, but they've got this epic pepperoni stuffed crust. Uh, it's like the Iowa State Fair pizza here, right? Mm-hmm. One topping, thirteen ninety nine. Uh, sounds like a perfect way to get ready for a trip to Vegas. Indeed, it uh, does. But enjoy it and enjoy what the Donaldsons do for Central Iowa. Indeed, they I'm do. I'm going to continue this Renaissance theme tomorrow, guys. The Renaissance men and two guys that have been absolute, complete surprises in this camp will dominate my Tuesday-Wednesday discussion. Good stuff. Keep sending them to me. I will forward them on to Trent. Thank you, Mitch. Appreciate it.